Good morning. So it's been 40 days since Christmas, and yet we still have four more weeks until Lent. We're in a liminal time. We're, we're halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. And our church gives us this singular day, the feast of the presentation of Jesus in the temple, every year on February 2nd, which some people know as Groundhog Day. <laughs> now, this feast is also known as Candlemas because we focus our attention on the light that enlightens the nations. Now, this morning, we find ourselves in the temple with the parents of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and their 40-day-old baby, Jesus. And they come as dutiful Jewish peasants. They, they observe the, customary, the customs of the law, which requires mothers of firstborn sons to purify themselves. And because they cannot afford a lamb, they have two turtle doves to offer for that sacrifice while also presenting their firstborn son to the Lord. Now, from the outside looking in, we have to see Mary and Joseph and their little baby as an ordinary Jewish couple. They are doing what every good Jewish parents did. They're indistinguishable from the crowd of folks who gather. But then Luke says there was this man named Simeon who was in a right relationship with God and who longed his whole life for the consolation of Israel. And so Simeon has waited for a long time, trusting the promise that was made to him that before he died, he would see God's Messiah. Well, the Spirit nudges him to go up to the temple on that day. And he sees very, at the very same time Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And a light bulb goes, over, goes off over his head. And with the eye of his heart, he faiths as it were, that this is the child. This is God's anointed one who will be a light for all nations and for the glory of God's people. And he's ecstatic. And for some of us who hear this story as typical moderns who have been weaned on naturalism and materialism and we're taught not to believe in supernaturalism as much, we might see this as a quaint myth, a story. But really, Simeon has the faculty of faith that enables him to see below the surface from the inside out. 
And so he sees not just another ordinary peasant couple doing their customary duty. He sees the light of the world. So he is rewarded. All that waiting, that desire that could not be satisfied by any earthly thing, he now receives that which only heaven can give. He takes the baby in his arms. He blesses him. God has satisfied his deepest longing and now he is free to go in peace as God promised. Now Simeon is the one who enables us to see what we otherwise would have missed. He enables us to see the singularity in the ordinary. He invites us to hitchhike on his faith, on his perception, to see what we cannot see by ourselves. He names the sacred. He names the holy. And everybody sees it. Now, have you ever had a Simeon in your own life? Or have you ever been a Simeon for others? When I was a newly ordained priest, I was assigned to the Episcopal High School in Houston, and I served Sundays at St. John the Divine. The rector of St. John's asked Jack DeForest, a crusty old codge, he was a, Jack was, there's, there's only been one Jack in the whole world. And, and Larry, the rector, asked Jack to take me to the hospitals to show me the ropes. So Jack and I take off in his car, he's driving, and we uh, go to the med center, he there's no parking spaces, so he just pulls into a spot that says no parking. And I said, Jack, it says no parking. And he said, don't you trust God? <laughs> he said that with a gleam in his eye. Well, we then go into the medical center, the labyrinth that it is, and there's this muscular man huge biceps, tattoos, an afro this, this big. And he's, he's on the staff of the hospital, but he's coming down and Jack goes up to him, grabs his arm, slugs him in the stomach and says, hey kid, are you as tough as you look? <laughs> this man becomes our angel, our messenger, who takes us through that labyrinth and takes us to where we need to go. Well, as we're passing the reception area, there's a large Hispanic family gathered. And they're broken. And there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and much grief. And so Jack sees them and he takes a detour. He goes over to the family, straight to the matriarch. And he talks to her, he hugs her, he gathers everyone around. I'm outside this circle observing. And then Jack crosses himself. First time I'd ever seen him do that. He's an old Protestant. 
and everybody on cue crosses themselves. And then he comes to me and says, come on, kid, we've got an assignment. And I said, well, what's that, Jack? And he said, well, their daughter, her daughter, Encarnacion Jaime, was in a terrible car wreck. And, and she needs our prayers. So I said, okay. And, and we go to the ICU. And, and, and we go through the doors. And, and this lady at the front desk says, I'm sorry, uh, uh, gentlemen, you can't come in until visiting hours. And Jack doesn't even look back. He just keeps going straight to uh, Encarnacion's room. She was in dire straits. She was hooked up to everything that can hook us up. To, to, she, she was in a coma. And Jack goes up to her bedside and, and grabs her arm. And the head nurse comes over and she's angry. She's, she's snarky. She's irritated. She says, fathers, this is not visiting time. Would you please leave? Don't you see we have much work to do here? And Jack just looks at her and he grabs her hand and he says, Dear sister, don't you see this beloved child of God needs our prayers? Join us, please. And she's resisting, but he doesn't let go. <laughs> and he bows his head and starts praying. And I'm looking out of the side of my, my uh, peripheral vision. And I see her slowly bow her head. And when Jack said, Amen, she had these beautiful tears streaming down her face. Jack was Simeon to her, to us. Jack showed us this beloved, precious child of God, not just another statistic, not just another person who's hooked up in ICU, but a unique beautiful human being. Now, I just want us to think about how there are simians in our life every day, right? Uh, we have to learn how to look. Uh, two weeks ago, my daughter Kathleen called me, and, and I had been taking Kathleen for granted. Uh, she's 25, she's a dental assistant, Kathleen's been troubled, right? And, and, and so when she says, Dad, sorry, I rear-ended somebody and totaled my car, I did what all good dads are supposed to do. I made her feel extremely guilty <laughs> and, and, and sorry for what she had done. Well, I have to then go through the hassle of insurance and I, I have to go get a rent-a-car. I have to give her my car so she can continue to go to work. And, uh, but we dealt with it. Two days later, 11 o'clock that night, on a night, I get a call from Kathleen. And she's in tears. And she said, Dad, I've been in a wreck. And I've totaled your car. And I said, okay, Kathleen, I'll be right there. I go down, and it was, it was where 360 hits uh, Mopac, and, uh, and there were ambulances, there were police cars, there was a fire engine. What had happened was Kathleen innocently and correctly was driving the speed limit, went through a green light, 
and then another car came and T-boned her. Right on her driver's side, the airbag goes off, the car skids over three lanes, hits another car. And my car, it's just amazing that she's alive. And so when I go up to Kathleen, I just, that wreck was my Simeon. That accident helped me see that Kathleen is precious, irreplaceable. And we came so close to losing her. So we have to learn to trust amazing people who help us see what we can't see on our own. People who help us see from the inside out, not from the outside in. At any rate, the story ends with um, a strange turn. First of all, it says Mary and Joseph were amazed at what Simeon had said. Now, amazed is a, it's an understatement. They were breathless with awe. They recognized what happened. They had that light bulb. They saw what they couldn't see just by themselves at that time. But then Simeon turns to Mary and says, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword, Mary, will pierce your own soul. Well, we know that this foreshadows the cross, right? We know that Jesus is not the Messiah that many expected him to be. He rules as a servant from the bottom up. And not everybody got that. And so he scandalized many people in his work. But all the while, he's teaching them the way of love. And And he's teaching them that those of us who try to save our lives will lose them. Those of us who lose our lives for his sake will gain them, will receive them. Well, I was going to, uh, I was going to give a spoiler alert and then tell you the heart of that amazing movie, Groundhog Day, with Bill Murray. (laughs) But I know I'll bog down and, 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 and it's, it's time to end. But I strongly urge you to go see Groundhog Day again. I, I've seen it 20 times at least. It just keeps, it's the gospel. It's the Simeon story. It's the story of Bill Murray, Phil, who's a cynical, embittered newsman who's just so tired of the trivial. He's grumpy all the time. He gets caught in a time loop. He has to go through Groundhog Day 12 years straight. And through that 12 years, yes, he learns to play the piano like a, like a virtuoso. He, he learns French because he has nothing else to do. But, and, and yet every day he has to wake up at 6 o'clock to Sonny and Cher, and and it drives him crazy, and yet 
he learns to love. He finally learns to love and one day wakes up and he's released. He's out of Groundhog Day. Go see it. Now, uh, I want to close with the collect for today, which which, um, prays that just as Jesus was presented in the temple, may we ourselves be presented in this temple by Jesus himself, who becomes our Simeon, who looks at us and says, you are the light of the world. You carry that candle that illuminates wherever you go. So forgive yourself. Fall in love with yourself again. Be at peace. And and be who you are by God's grace. So let's pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we humbly pray that as your only begotten Son was this day presented in the temple, so we may be presented to you with pure and clean hearts by Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.